morbidly fascinated by what's happening between New Zealand and South Africa, which we know is one of one of these moments in the evolution of the, the purest form of the game. New Zealand 511, South Africa 7 for 129. Uh, Ian Smith's on duty. He's calling the game. God, he's not only the best cricket commentator in the world, he's a glutton for it. Smithy, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, I'm certainly a glutton for it, Jared. But I'm a jealous glutton <laughs> because... I think if I had an option and they said, where would you rather be, where, where Waitley is or where you are, even though Mount Monganui is one of the most beautiful uh, cities in New Zealand and uh, we're getting great weather, I'll swap you when you're ready. Um, so but I'm watching a, a very a very predictable test match, as, as you quite rightly pointed out there. I think everyone in the world knew that New Zealand would dominate this test match in this series, and they've certainly done that. Now, there was uh, a moment of consternation when they lost Stephen Conway on the first morning uh, second ball of the second over and everyone thought wow this could be different um, but by the end of the day we were thinking no it's not going to be. The revelation of course has been uh, the double hundred from Rachin Ravindra which has been celebrated over here and lauded and quite rightly so as well but there's always a tempering of the fact Jared as you well know um, you know you, you get runs against uh, South Africa's top side you, you're worthy of, of uh, a lot of credit you get you get runs against this falling attack, um, then you, you've just got to temper it a wee bit and say there's bigger, there's bigger fish to swallow uh, in about a month's time. So we know that those first four days of the New Zealand-Australia test is sold out. We were together when that came through. What, what has the attitude towards this test match been, given, and it's totally outside of New Zealand's control? Well, the interesting thing uh, about this test match is that uh, New Zealand have picked three guys that can bowl spin, and we don't do that in this country. I mean, we we don't basically prepare conditions or pitches ever um, to uh, to bring spin into play. Now, whether that's a signal, whether that is a fact that New Zealand might consider um, bowling spin against Australia as opposed to taking them on in the quick bowling area, I do not know. But certainly, it's a clear indication because. Uh, Ravindra has bowled just before lunch uh, Santa's bowled an extended spell and they've still got Glenn Phillips who's a part-time off spinner but working very hard at his craft uh, to come so they've got variation there and whether that is a sign um, that, that perhaps instead of bowling line and length and seam and swing against touring sides which we've done since day one uh, whether against Australia we fear that approach and spin might be better so our combined spin is against Nathan Lyon when it comes to the crunch but uh, Jared it's been it's been decades since two spinners have operated at the same time in New Zealand in the first innings of a test match. I, I, I can't remember it. Yeah. D- does it make the follow-on maybe more practical than it usually is with so many spinners? So what are they, 56 overs in and South Africa's seven down. Uh, do you anticipate the follow-on? Well, look, we're 388 in front, I think, at this stage. I mean, there's absolutely no reason to think you wouldn't follow on. I mean, in the old days, of course, it would be automatic, but now the game has changed as it has in a lot of areas, and the possibility of New Zealand batting again for three hours, still two two days to bowl the South African B line-up out, out and you, you would assume that they would be able to do that in that time. The forecast is pretty good. So uh, there's, there's that way to go about it. Um, or they could, uh, the other way we were talking about is to, to enforce a follow-on, try and finish it today or early tomorrow morning on the fourth day and you have that extra day off in between test matches so uh, look it's it's a they'll be talking about it now I mean they're just sitting down for lunch uh, during the break here and and they'll be mulling that over energy levels are a big thing um, and they've, they've basically got their best 
uh, seam attack playing in this. That is the Salvi Henry Jamison combination. Um, they might not want to burn them. They might want to pace them through. Uh, they've got both options up their sleeve. Right now, uh, I would enforce a follow on. I don't think they will. What have you been able to glean of the South African lineup? I mean, they they know, don't they? So I wonder how how are they negotiating it? As you know, they're thrust forwards. It's their moment in Test cricket. They're hellish underdogs, and and here they are, probably suffering the fate that was imagined. Well, they've got an opportunity, haven't they, to, to put their name in lights and to say to the selectors back home, when you get serious about Test cricket again, I, I want to be part of it. As yet, we haven't really seen uh, anyone that's done that, although Neil Brandt, their captain, did get a six-wicket haul. He's, a, he's an honest spinner. Uh, I wouldn't say he's a um, world test spinner at this stage, but he's an honest spinner, a uh, handy batter that never got going. Captain side with the resources, I thought, pretty well, actually, uh, even though the number of 511 in the first inning sort of belies that, that statement. But I, I thought he looked to be quite a handy cricketer and quite a mature cricketer. Um, I, look, I, that's what it is for me. That, that is the carrot for them, it's, for someone to get 100, uh, you know, maybe someone to get 100 in both tests and say to those South African selectors, look, as I say, when you really start to get serious about test cricket, uh, I could be one of the, one of your frontline players. That, that's their incentive. Uh, at this stage, I mean, they're just going down the side of a wall uh, with their fingernails at the moment, getting skinnier yep. and skinnier, trying to hold on. Uh, and I think that we picked that from the outset when, when we realised what they were um, having to be forced into bringing over. Kane Williamson's 29th test century. Um, what, what was the, the wave of, I don't know, sentiment and acclaim like, not for this innings, but for what he's built so broadly over, what's this, test number 96? It's his 30th, actually, Jared, which, is, um, uh, which makes it so, so much special uh, from our point of view because, of course, he goes past the, the great Sir Donald. And for it to think... Uh, that a New Zealand batsman uh, uh, would ever do that uh, was like your dreaming Jonesy sort of stuff. It was just, we, we were never going to produce someone who would be able to get into the 30s and test hundreds. And I, I, this, this is an amazing young man, and he still is a relatively young man uh, by test match. He, if he stays fit, mentally he's very, very strong. Uh, we saw that because he was far from at his best during the sunning. He was far from it. He had to battle through a lot of stages. In fact, at times he got so frustrated, I thought I was watching Steve Smith bat with all the gesticulations <laughs> going on. It was, it was like that. And, and you know, uh, I, uh, but I admire him. I admire him greatly. And I think he's got the possibility of getting another four or five. I mean, he's got five in the last 14 months or something. Uh, so uh, who knows? Uh, and if uh, sides continue to put test match uh, teams on the park, which are depleted because of the advent of T20 cricket or what have you, uh, then the really classy batsmen are going to continue to cash in and build up their numbers. Williamson could end up in the mid-30s, the late 30s with hundreds if he desires. Um, and uh, I, I just thought, I, I felt really reassured to, to watch him. And good signs for what's coming up against Australia because he will be number one on their hit list, the Australian bowling attack. And he looks like he's getting towards uh, some reasonable form. So that, that's really the reasoning behind it for us, is how is New Zealand shaping up uh, for the matches against Australia? What, what's your read with, uh, with a month to go? Long batting lineup. I mean, we've got Mitchell Santner at number eight in this test match. So that, I think what, what we're seeing there is a clue. New Zealand will stack the batting because they'll be very wary and respectful of 
the kind of firepower Australia will bring. Uh, I'm assuming, Jared, on the basis of uh, you and I both were there when uh, the West Indies knocked them over, um, they'll be a very hungry test side coming to New Zealand. Test World Test Championship points are up for grabs. And to my way of thinking, they'll be bringing their number one side. I, I haven't heard any rumours you may well have of Stark or Hazelwood or, or perhaps Cummins himself taking a breather. I don't know why they would do that, but the possibility is always there. Um, but I'm thinking Australia will be very serious about these two test matches and they'll be bringing numero uno in, in terms of their side. So uh, that, is, <coughs> that is what I'm hoping and that's what New Zealand public has sold out grounds for already uh, on the basis uh, it's uh, the best of, in the world uh, and New Zealand trying to challenge them. Yeah, I'm no doubt that the team you saw is going to be the team there. The question is, how vulnerable is that team? And you're the best judge for us. You, you're the independent eyes that just saw it and telling the New Zealand public really what what to expect from Australia. What what final assessment did you make of where Australia is? Well, I look at batting side of things, and I see, you know, a terrific side on paper. I really do. But we're, we're looking at two players in key positions who are trying to assume new roles in the side. Now, Steve Smith, of course, in that second innings, nearly, well, he did bat through. He couldn't quite get Australia home. But that was a pretty responsible Steve Smith type innings. And, you know, I, I thought he played pretty well. And I don't think opening is going to be an issue for him. But New Zealand will enjoy bowling to him with a new ball in New Zealand conditions. They really will. Because uh, that's what you want when you. When you've got a, a, a top-class player like a Steve Smith, you want to get him in early when your energy levels are high and the ball is hard and new. And you're going to do that by him being an opening batsman. I'm not convinced. I've got to say this. I've watched Cameron Green, and I think he's a terrific cricket. I really do, and he's a great athlete. But is he a world-class number four? No, he's not at this stage. He might turn out to be. So there's a vulnerability there. And, and then, of course, Travis Head is a bit of a feast or famine batsman because, of course, he can get 100 one week and he can get a king pair the next week. So yeah. there, there, is, there is a vulnerability, I think, that New Zealand can expose if they're at their best, and they're going to have to be. But, uh, look, this is a top-draw Australian side. They'll, whatever conditions we provide in terms of bowling, they will exploit beautifully. Um, if, we, if we want to take them on in a spin department, which uh, is starting to become a possibility... Um, you've got the goat. I mean, the greatest off spinner perhaps in the history of the game. So uh, we we would be fearing that uh, in days three and four, uh, the, the Nathan Lyon factor. So And Travis Head, of course, can bowl uh, pretty handy stuff as well. Uh, look, I, I, I think Australia come here as the favourites on world rankings they do. Um, and it's evened up by a little bit of the fact that New Zealand do play some pretty damn good cricket at home. So we'll... <coughs> At, the, at this point, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. I um, mean, the numbers of the tickets, and they'll go very quickly in Christchurch as well. Uh, they won't be massive crowds because our capacities aren't of that nature, but they'll, they'll, they'll heave with atmosphere, and uh, it's going to be an enjoyable couple of test matches, I, I promise you that. And I, I, as I say, Australia noses in front and hurting, stinging, which won't do New Zealand too many favours after what happened at the Gabba. Yeah, great insight. Smithy, I really appreciate it. I know you're in the middle of duties. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Jared. Enjoy the Vegas. <laughs> Good on you. Ian Smith there. He's at Mount Monganui, South Africa 7 for 129 in reply to New Zealand's 511. And the bigger picture conversation is how New Zealand shape up for the Test Series against Australia. Two tests that start in March. It's a very settled New Zealand lineup.